Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. Our next workshop is coming up June 28th through the 30th in Texas in the Hill Country, north of San Antonio. Space is limited, so call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY to register. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Uh, we're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and I have my world-traveling <laughs> friend, Stephen Cervantes, wow. back with me. Wow. So how's it, how's it, what's oh, it like to be back man. in the States? Oh, and, fabulous. Because you guys went to Israel. We went to Israel for a 15-day classic tour. And I want to do a show on that. I, mean, I think it's just my eyes are open. I'm just it's yeah. it just humbles you. Things that you you heard of all your life, you get to see. You know, it's just amazing. So, well, anyway. I have to admit, I was uh, the pictures you were sending. I was getting very, very jealous and envious. <laughs> I'm like, man, it looks awesome over there. And uh, my favorite my favorite picture is of you floating in the Dead Sea with a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> I had seen somebody do that, and we were in a gift shop, and it said Jerusalem Post. I thought, I better buy that paper. It was like two or three days before, you know, just in case I get a chance. Exactly. And the Dead Sea Salt wants you to float on it. You try to walk in it. It pushes against your legs. It just wants to push you up. So you just go out a foot of water, and you float. You know what I mean? You don't have to go very far at all because it wants you to float. It doesn't want to, you know, you go to the coast around here, you can walk in the water it doesn't resist very much right, but the yeah. salt wants you to lay down and take it easy or something <laughs> i don't like know forcing you to forcing you to rest huh? there Relax. you go well hey uh so listeners i just need you to know that you and i in this session are on the same journey because i have no idea what we're going to talk about <laughs> Stephen comes in today and says we're going to do a work session oh that's it and then i think well okay so give me tell me what to do and he says 10 things and i and he just says 10 things, literally the words 10 things. And then he doesn't tell me what that's about. And <laughs> I like to anyway, keep him in the dark. Anyway, we turned on the microphones and now it's... Here we are. So what are we so doing, Actually, Steve? we've never done a work session before. I can't ever think of a time that we worked on a project together on the podcast. And so I'm cooking on something. I've been... I've been uh, you know, I do a lot of thoughts about emotional systems and how when we work with all these guys, after a while they start saying the same thing, right? I'm playing a role and it doesn't make me happy or I'm angry all the time or have a lot of shame or, you know, I feel bad about myself and my identity. 
You know, all these pieces get repeated over and over and over. And it's like you could put them together in a map, and that's what I'm doing right now, and mapping out all the pieces. And you've been watching my map develop over the last oh, yeah. year, you know? Yeah. It's getting better and better. Every time somebody looks at it, they go, yeah, yeah, tweak it here, tweak it there. But now the dilemma is, okay, we can map out our emotions and how we got here. But so what? Yeah, what do you do with it? Yeah, what do you do with it, you know? And and my, the obvious answer is work on this piece or work on that piece. But if there's ever a criticism of me, it's that you're so emotional, but you're not biblical enough. Mm. And it's really true. I, I try to study the emotions, and then I want to go read my Bible and see what it says, because I want to understand the problem real clearly then I want to go to the Bible. The other people will go to the Bible to try to understand the problem. But I'm sort of doing it opposite because it's very clearly out there uh, and it's it's knowable and mappable. And, and so and you've now, even talked about how it's so repeatable and predictable. Yes, and, yeah. we all are. And so, so now I've been talking to God and I'm going, okay, God, you got this Bible over here that tells us how to live. And we got these emotional systems that we we picked up in childhood, right? Our emotions were set up before our spiritual growth and truth was, right? We were kids and we came from homes and we learned things and we didn't learn things. And we picked up bad things and we found things and other people taught us things. This whole system gets set up. And then we turn to God and say, okay, I'm going to believe you, God. But I got this whole emotional system running, and I want to be a spiritual being now. Mm -hmm. So now you know, I've come to the place where I said, okay, God, I wonder what the answers are to fixing all the emotional stuff. Is it really spiritual? Are the spiritual answers the answers we need for emotional struggles. That's mm -hmm. sort of where I am now, okay? Yeah. And so what I'm trying to do is come up with, with 10 truths that the Bible sort of teaches, the New Testament, and see if you can apply those 10 things to your emotional system. Mm -hmm. And if it won't, set you free. Yeah. And do what the Bible says will happen, right? Right. Because I could say, okay, I have low self-esteem. Okay, I'm going to work on my self-esteem and try to make me feel better. Okay, that's fine. That's 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 on the emotional side. That doesn't have much to do with God, right? But what are some truisms, some truths, some absolutes that no matter what, it always applies? Yeah. Does that sort of make sense what I'm saying now? It's come it's getting less fuzzy. <laughs> so that's good. It's like good. because we have a a sexual system, okay? We learned when we were little and we refined it and we grew it and it's like, okay, what are the answers to the sexual system problem? Then we have an emotional system. And what are the answers to the emotional system? And do you think God has a set of answers, or does he he change? Okay, over here do this, and over there do that, or do you think? A well, so and you know, my response to that would be okay. If if we come from a biblical worldview, then obviously God is our creator. Okay, and in that creation, He made us with these emotional systems. He made us with the cognitive abilities in our mind, but he also made us with the emotional system. Yes. And so therefore it would only make sense then that our creator who designed us this way mm -hmm. would have something to speak into that design. 
Good. In terms of how it's to function best, right? Yes, yes. And so where I'm, where I'm going is, do all the spiritual answers fix the sexual system problems? Do all the spiritual answers fix all the emotional system problems? Does that make sense? Right, yeah. So, so I have some ideas here I'm going to throw out. And, um, and I want you to sort of tell me if you think I'm on the right track. I'd love for the whole classroom of students that are out there to be able to raise their hand and interject a few comments. But you're it. You're the student. I, I've proposed a problem. I think I have a solution. I want you to tell me what you think about this. I, I have a feeling that in the same way that about <clears throat> a year and a half ago, we did a couple part series on emotional training for men. Okay. And that turned into a webinar. I have a feeling there there might be some uh, fodder here uh, for an eventual uh, webinar. So that, that very interaction that you're asking for, like hey, questions from listeners and everything oh, that's could happen. Great. So let's let this be the work session, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And kind of codify yes. some ideas and then right. maybe it could turn into a webinar at some point. Excellent. So. I like the way you think. So number one, I think the first thing you have to do is admit. Okay. So now you're going to have to help me. What's the biblical application to that? Because well, the, if I'm a sinner, right? Right. I can either be a sinner, a sexual struggler or an emotional struggler. And, and so I would propose admission of something is the very first thing. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, the biblical term would be confess. And unfortunately, what we've done is we've relegated that. Well, I think sometimes we've, we've looked at admission as only related to guilt. Okay. Right? Especially okay. like when we bring our Christian worldview, a lot of times we say, you need to admit, and we talk about weakness or whatever. And we almost al always say, well, somehow weakness is a bad thing, right? or an emotionally stunted system. Oh, that's somehow a bad thing. We, we almost place a false moral dynamic to that when in fact, like you were saying, when you grow up, everything is being filtered through this emotional system that you have no concept as a kid of how to navigate or how yes. to, everything's just, yes. you're, you're sort of reactionary in your emotional system. And I love and, the way you're saying that because we don't even know that's how we started. Right. And so what I'm saying is we've got to, in some ways, remove the sense of shame and guilt from yeah. the fact that we just have a broken emotional system. Yes, but here's what I'm doing. I'm separating. My number one is admit, and my number two is confess. Okay. So what's your... Dis so, so me, me, yeah. I, me alone must admit, right? Confess involves another. And I'm just so saying, you're talking about admit being I've got to admit to myself. Yeah, I have to be uh, honest with myself. I have to own my stuff. I have to recognize it. I have to say it. I have to say stuff like, you know, something's off with me. You know, something doesn't work. Yeah, I ran away from me. I don't like me. I don't rest with me. I'm angry. I'm always complaining or irritable or something's off in my system. Mm -hmm. I see other people and they don't look like me. So I'm proposing admission, ownership. Maybe I'm I'm weaving together. Yeah, no, I can I can understand a little bit of a distinction there. It, like when. Um, you know, you think about the the first step of the twelve steps, right? Yes. Admitting powerlessness—that's oh, something that's that doesn't weird. have to involve anybody else. It doesn't have to be. 
it doesn't necessarily, I mean, I think eventually it needs to be, but it doesn't necessarily initially need to be spoken to somebody else or anything. It's like, in my quiet self, I have to look in the mirror and go, yeah, that's broken. That's broken. I'm out of control there. Yes. I don't know what I'm doing there. So I get it. Whereas then confession, I think, does begin to involve the need to speak that then to another person, to God and to other people. Yes. So admission, if you admit something's wrong, then you have something to fix, right? Mm-hmm. But but there are people that never admit and they just die angry or lonely or worriers or controllers and they, they you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's a very humbling, simple thing. Now, what's the spiritual parallel, right? It, it, isn't it? Because I, 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 even though you and I are talking about this alone, isn't there a spiritual concept where when I'm talking and thinking, God's always there? That's just it. I was one of the things I was going to say is there's a false notion that somehow I am an autonomous individual, meaning somehow disconnected from my creator. Uh, even even those who are not believers, mm-hmm. guess what? They're not disconnected from God. They're breathing his air. They got they got, you know, the life that's even in their body mm-hmm. is a gift from him. So the idea of this autonomous, I can truly quote unquote admit only to myself is uh. a false notion because when I'm in my head, God's right there with, you know, it's like he's he's seeing all those thoughts. He's hearing all those right. thoughts. Right. And but, wouldn't you say admission is a prayer? Absolutely. And I would even say it's like the precursor to submission, humility. Like you you can't even you can't even understand I think the concept of humility without being able to get into your mind that I have to admit I'm not autonomous. I have weaknesses. I'm not, you know, I don't have, I don't have all the answers. I, you know, just yes. There's a lot of things. But I wrote down submission and humility because now the list is forming. What are the ten things, ten spiritual things that if you do them, your life will work. Your emotional life will work. Your sexual life will work. Right. Your personal life will work. Your relationship with God will work. What are the ten things? So I'm making the list, and we're going to add. And so number one is admit. I just have to take ownership of my life and say it's a mess. And all of it, the the the, the ugly, the broken, the yes. sinful, the yes. everything. Yeah. yeah, so change does not occur, and then we could call that prayer. As soon as you say that, you're not saying it alone. Right. Right. As soon as you say, man, I'm a mess. It's like God's always, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know you've done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I've heard people, yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that. Yeah, and you're, and, do, you're even dumb. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I know and that. And here's another thing that I would say in terms of just let's keeping that distinction between admitting and confessing. See, if I'm admitting, I'm, I am doing that maybe kind of quietly in my head. I'm, maybe I'm not even trying to include God or anybody else. But like you said, God is there. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think confession is then in that admission, then turning to God and saying, I'm admitting this to you. I'm Because ad- confess literally means to agree with truth. Mm-hmm. So it's finally like admission is, is recognizing all the faults, right? All of the brokenness, all the weakness, those kind of things. Confess is then saying, and I look over here in terms of God's design for my life, sexually, emotionally, behaviorally, relationally. And now what I have to do is I have to confess 
where my life is not matching up with the design. Mm. And that is kind of, it's almost like a further step into humility, right? Because mm-hmm. on one hand, I can stubbornly admit only to myself, at least in my own mind, hey, I'm not a good listener. But I can still hold on to that in pride, right? In other words, I can say, I'm not a good listener. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to tell God. I don't want to have a conversation with God about it. I don't really want to confess that to my wife or confess. And take the next step. That's right. You know what I mean? That's so, right. So sometimes we can we can falsely assume that we're we're moving towards maturity simply by admitting to ourselves our weaknesses without actually then getting to confession, which is then saying, oh, here's how I'm designed. Mm. And I'm not, my life is not matching up to that. I need to confess where the disconnect is. So number two would be confess. Mm-hmm. So when you have to look at your life, reflect and take ownership and admit, then you have to confess and say, and there's a lot of mess and there's brokenness. And, you know, I don't know why this picture pops into my mind. We were in college and, and uh, we were at a bar drinking some beer. And, and I was looking at everybody in the bar. And I said, this place is full of lonely, sad people. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming back here anymore. And I didn't. Yeah. Because, I, I, you know, I could see the difference. They thought it was happiness and fun. But it wasn't. It was not joy. You know? Yeah, and um, so so I had to confess I'm doing some things that aren't going to work. They're not part of the plan. They're my attempts to do whatever, which is how we all make messes, right? Everything I thought I should do to make me happy, and uh, right. Yeah, and I think I think one thing I, I don't know if this is getting ahead or anything, but I think one thing too that's we have to recognize here is that. You know, if we have a fundamentally different worldview in terms of, you know, we've got a Christian worldview and then we have anything that's a non-Christian worldview, you know, a secular worldview or whatever else, we have to remember that sometimes we take certain things in our worldview for granted as a uh, as a given. And what I mean by that is as a given in the Christian worldview, we recognize that we are a derivative, meaning that we don't have all the power within ourselves. We're not self-creating. We are not, you know, there's the, there's sort of the naturalist worldview that says, hey, everything came out of a primordial soup of slime. And so there, there was sort of a self, you know, elevation. So we're just part of an evolutionary process. So really the power of, of change is, is within ourselves. But what we're saying here is from the Christian worldview, this idea of admission the given there is recognizing that, no, we are a creation of God, mm. and therefore we don't have this self-power, this self-generating power to make the kind of changes and transformation in our life that are going to then align us with our design by our Creator. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. So I just want to make sure our listeners understand there can be huge diversions of worldview ramifications based on do you come from a worldview that says like the bible does that we are not our own creation we are not mm. our own self-generating power versus the other worldviews that would say just hey yeah. just it's all within you the change can happen because you've got the power so i'm going to put this conversation back in context remember we're talking about the emotional system then we're jumping around but I'm trying to figure out how do we help ourselves at the emotional level, right? Because we know the sexual acting out is a solution to a broken emotional system. So how do we fix the deeper emotional system? 
And can we use our spiritual tools to help our emotional system? So, so number two is confess. Mm-hmm. But now remember, this is a very narrow conversation because it's about emotions. What did I pick up emotionally? What have I told myself emotionally? What do I have to confess emotionally? Yeah. Right? When you think about that, because we're trying to use the biblical universal tools on an emotional system. So what do you think when I say that? Oh, the first thing that pops into my head is selfish. Okay. Like serving self a lot. Well, if and going back again to just the development of us in childhood, you know, one of the things that I think is immediately apparent in just even how sin just affects the and breaks the emotional design that God had for us. Um, because I believe by God, emotionally, we were designed to be givers and lovers and, you know, helpers. And, you know, I believe that's the, um, the design we were made for is that mm-hmm. our emotions were meant to help us to experience all the fullness of life in order to edify and bless others. But guess what happens when you have a child and the one thing you never have to train a child is to be selfish. Mm. Like the, the brokenness of the emotional system shows up before they can even talk. Yeah, that's My, good. You know, yeah, it's like, a... gimme, gimme, gimme. It's all right. about. And so I think one of the things that has to be confessed is in many ways, my whole emotional system, the fundamental brokenness of my emotional system is I really want everything to be about me. Mm. I want you to serve me. I want you to please me. I want I want everything to go my way. Why? why? So I can have a happy life? or, or Just, just because that. the idea is if I get everything I want, then I'm going to be satisfied. I'm going to be ultimately Yeah, for fulfilled. a happiness. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I I'm, I'm made a note earlier. It said, when I was a child, I saw as a child, I thought like a child. Mm-hmm. And that's how we all start, right? And don't we have to confess in our childhood we picked up some things that, that may still be hurting us in adulthood. And so this universal tool of confession has to be applied specifically to what did you believe? That you were not good enough, you were not lovable, nobody liked you. I mean, what, what lies got woven in very early? Mm-hmm. Now, and I don't, we're not blaming ourselves, right? Because our parents could have said, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid. But at the point that I say, I'm stupid. Right. Now I've owned that. I mean, I've then made that my That own, is what yeah. I must confess. Yeah. That I have told myself I'm stupid. And I want to confess that to you, Father. I've been doing this to me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that you really have to look at your system and say, what have you been doing? And can you admit it and then confess it? Right. Yeah, because I don't think you can move any further towards emotional health without these first two. In other words, you can't mm. skip them. You can't like no. say, hey, I want to jump over and try to become emotionally healthy by learning to communicate better learn, without ever admitting or confessing. Because yeah. the other thing, like I like what you mentioned before, especially with admission, but I think it applies to confession as well, is – this process of admitting and confessing, so admitting to myself and then confessing to God and maybe to others, it it starts to put 
the cards on the table, so to speak. It starts to put what what are the areas that actually need to be addressed? Right? Mm. What are the things that, that maybe I've either been blind to or ignored or tried to keep hidden? Yes. That, well, now they got to come out into light. we got to actually roll up our sleeves and work on them. Wow, but that's freedom, isn't it? It is. And it's honest, but it's also, open, it's health. But let's also be honest about it that this is, in many cases, the most difficult part Yes. Of this emotionally healthy transformative process, right? Yes. Because this is the thing that I can hear probably some of our listeners thinking, because it would be something that I would have thought many years ago. Okay, so you're telling me to admit and confess, and the reality is is some of these things are so woven into my system. Yes. I'm blind. Mm-hmm. So where but does, does that mean I haven't wanted to know or haven't paid no, attention? Why are you blind? I think there's two things going on here. Some of it is 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 like what I would call like willful blindness. I'm ignoring that. Yeah, I actually some do think some of it is is um, true ignorance, and this is where I think, and I don't know where you might have this in the process because I do think even maybe in the confess piece, this is where I think it's important to have some some safe people. Right. around you that Absolutely. you can go, I can't see my blind spots. People that know you, or at least know you well enough. That's a good point. To be yeah. able to say, hey, brother, um, <laughs> have, have you know, sometimes you're really short and, and like harsh in how you react to things. And I know that And whenever this subject comes up, it seems like you go apoplectic, you know, you just like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. because sometimes I don't think we we we're so self aware that we can ab- we can with certainty and confidence even know all the things no. to admit or confess. Well, and you think about w- what work have we been doing? Most of the guys listening, sexual work. Yeah, have we been doing emotional work? No, we are ignorant. We haven't been paying attention to ourselves. We've been getting the solution, getting the solution, distraction. You know, fantasy, get away, pretend, savvy yourself with something good, mm-hmm. right? But in, in, you know, we can't close out the second part of confession without saying, okay, God, and okay, brother, I have to mm-hmm. tell you this. I have to tell you. We have to, I've been calling myself names all my life. I've been, I've been telling myself I'm stupid. I have to confess to you. Because then I'm going to do the next thing. I want to repent. Right. I want to turn away from what I've been doing to hurt myself. Mm-hmm. And that's just, and just for the sake of our listeners understanding, even a further distinction between confess and repent. So we've got this, we've got this delineation between admission and confession. Right? Admission is more of like just the personal, internal. I'm owning. I'm admitting to myself mm-hmm. where my system, my emotional system, is broken or or depleted. The second is confess. I'm now actually stating to God and to others the areas that need to come out into the light, admitting my the childishness or the selfishness, admitting key areas where there's brokenness. Now, the repent piece is a further distinction that is now saying, knowing this and confessing this, I'm now going to make a ch- choice to turn from it. Yes, yes. And so this is where I think, not to say that the other two don't involve acts of the will, but this, I think, really starts to put a finer point on bringing your will into this process, right? Mm -hmm. Because repentance is, I'm in my mind, I'm now translating that to an action. 
Yes. I'm going to turn away. So let's take, for instance, the idea of when I was mentioning selfishness, and let's talk, maybe I think about that specifically in, um, let's say, my marriage relationship in a particular area. Well, to repent is to now say, I have recognition of where I have been going in a wrong direction. Yes, yes. And so now I'm going to turn, and so my behavior is going to change because I'm in my mind I'm repenting and I'm turning in another way. And don't you love this? This is very, three very clear, distinct steps mm-hmm. that are biblical steps that must be applied to the emotional system for the change to occur. This is what I've been asking God. How do we change ourselves emotionally? And the answer was, hey, look, I gave you all the answers. All the answers are the same. Just take the answers and apply them anywhere you want, to your sexual system, to your emotional system, you know, to anything else that's not working. So I knew this would happen. At this pace, we're going to have to do this in like a three-part series. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to do multiple parts on this because we only got through three and we're about out of time. Okay. All right. Can we just pause there? We'll pause. uh, So listeners, hang with us. Um, we love to do this a lot of times, you know, tease you with this great topic. And, you know, we talk about 10 things and we only get three in one in one program. But trust us, we're going to get through all of them. Um, so come back next time so that we can start diving into even more. But let's be people who admit, confess, and repent as it applies to our emotional system so that we can grow as healthy men and women um, in this life. So thanks for being with us. We look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Thank you. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.